This is Cliff Mass, and welcome to my weather podcast. Each week, I talk about current weather, provide a forecast for the weekend and beyond, and give you more details about an interesting weather phenomenon. It's Friday, January 29th, and let's talk about the weather. Well, looking at this satellite picture right now, there's a lot of fog at low levels, uh, but no rain at all around the region. So I expect today will be one that clouds will break out in ma- for many locations, except for valleys where the fog tends to hold in. Temperatures getting to the upper 40s, and there will be some scattered sh- sunshine. But later in the day, you'll notice a veil of clouds moving in from the west, and that's associated with a relatively potent front that is approaching right now. Now, that front will come in overnight, so I expect some steady rain overnight between today and Saturday, and showers will continue into the morning on Saturday. I think by 11 o'clock or noon, it'll be pretty much over here in the lowlands, but the showers will continue during the the afternoon into the evening on Saturday in the mountains. Now, the freezing level is going to be relatively low you know, tomorrow. So I, you know, we're talking about 2,000 feet for, for a snow level probably. So there will be snow in the mountains, and it'll probably add up to about four to six inches in places like Snoqualmie or Stevens Pass. So a freshening the snow, not a gigantic amount of snow, but there will be snow in the mountains. And There'll be a few sun breaks here in, in Seattle and Puget Sound region, um, but once in a while a shower will come in. Now then, on Sunday morning, another front moves into the region, and this is going to be more potent in terms of precipitation, particularly from Seattle southward. Uh, a moderate atmospheric river will go right into Northern California and Oregon, and we'll get the northern piece of this. So I expect quite a few showers. On, on Sunday, the freezing level will rise, though, as, they, as it often does with atmospheric rivers, which will re- result in the snow level rising above Snoqualmie Pass. I think they could even get some rain there. So it will be probably the worst day of the weekend on Sunday. Showers on and off, temperatures getting up to the mid-40s. So not the greatest day in the world, uh, but there will be snow at higher elevations. Now, as we get into Monday, there will be some showers. But as we get into midweek, Tuesday, Wednesday, a ridge of high pressure will build over the eastern Pacific. So I expect it to dry out Tuesday into Wednesday, things to dry out completely. And then, unfortunately, another weather system comes in. So, you know, that's been the progression. Um, You know, it's not going to be anything extreme, and I don't see any lowland snow, at at least for the next week. And one thing I should point out to you is that the snow period here in the lowlands uh, doesn't last well well into spring. Um, normally, once you get past roughly the 25th of February, the chances go down precipitously. So if we're going to get snow in the lowlands, it has to be during the next three weeks, and there's no chance of it during the next week. So this doesn't look like the snowiest uh, La Nina winter that I've seen. Well, thanks for listening, and stay on board because I'll be talking about another topic in depth after this. Weather doesn't end with the forecast. Now let's talk about the special weather topic of the week. If you ask someone, what is the greatest meteorological threat to someone here in Washington State, what would they answer? 
would be strong winds, uh, would be heavy precipitation and flooding. What, what would they say? Well, most people would not say what really is the biggest meteorological threat to virtually anyone who's listening to this, and that is black ice on the roadways. You know, I started getting conscious of this when I was a young professor here back in the 80s and 90s. Uh, I would get calls from lawyers, and many of the cases were about ice on the roadway. And then I started checking. I started looking at the statistics from the state patrol and, and other official sources, and it turned out that more people were getting injured and killed by icing on the roadway than any other meteorological phenomena, much more than trees falling from winds or flooding or anything else. It was icing on the roadway that was the key. And so I got very interested in this and I started doing research on it and I started working with the State Department of Transportation to minimize this danger. And so I wanted to talk about it a little bit to you today. Now, the key thing is you need to have a roadway surface that is below freezing. Now, you, obviously, you need that. And, you know, that is a, a condition that often occurs when we have clear skies, which allows good radiational cooling from the surface of space. So we have a winter period, the sky is clear, and the temperatures drop below freezing at the surface. And that is the first ingredient you need. You need a cold surface. Now, one thing that we all know is that bridges tend to get much colder, much faster than roadway surfaces that are in contact with the ground. And that makes sense because the ground warms up over the year and heat is conducted up from the ground into roadways. But if you have a bridge or some kind of elevated roadway, there's no ground to allow heat to move up into the roadway surface. And so, the, so a bridge can cool down much more quickly on many occasions than ground that's a roadway that's on the ground. So bridges are really important and clear, cool nights are important, but you need the moisture. Where does the moisture, where does the ice come from? Well, one source of ice, of course, is frost. If the temperature of the ground cools down and if it cools down enough, it can cool the air next to it down to saturation, and you can get frost forming on a roadway surface. So you can get frost that can make a roadway sur surface a little slippery. But frost generally is not that deep. And generally there's enough roughness, so the, the conditions may be slippery, but not overtly dangerous. The biggest threat, it turns out, is fog, freezing fog. Now fog, which everybody is familiar with, is made of water droplets. Now, liquid water droplets, that's true around here. Some other places, fog is made of ice crystals, but here they're, they're virtually always water droplets. And so the, the situation that is extraordinarily dangerous here in Washington State is when you have a clear, cool night and the roadway surface cools down. And then nearby, there's some moist or bogging area with fog starts forming. So there's enough moisture, the air is cooled down to saturation, and fog starts forming in the atmosphere. And then some of this fog slides over the cold roadway, and that deposits large amounts of water onto the road. The liquid water then touches the roadway surface. It freezes on the roadway surface. And this kind of freezing fog can produce you know, extraordinary amounts of icing. We're talking about an eighth of an inch or something like that within minutes.
and that can be very, very dangerous. So my warning to all of you is if you see fog around and it's a cold morning, then be extraordinarily careful, particularly if you're near, if you're going across a bridge. Now, one major issue is how do you know the temperatures are cold enough? Um, and that brings up a very important point. On cold winter nights, often the temperature is colder at the surface, at the ground, than it is at about five or six feet above, above the ground. Now, official weather observations of surface temperature are, are made at six meters. That's around uh, at two, at, I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, at two meters, which is around six feet. And so on many of these cold, clear nights, the temperatures are warmer at six feet where the observations are taken and at the surface. So if you hear that the temperatures at, let's say, SeaTac Airport or Boeing Field are 35, it could very well be that the temperature of the roadway surface is colder and could even be below freezing. So anytime that the temperature is reported at, at weather observation stations around the region, get down to 35, 36, and it's a relatively clear night, you should worry about icing. Another issue is the temperatures on your cars. You could, uh, many cars have temperature sensors, and those are, those measure the temperature of the incoming air. And they're fa fairly good sensors, but remember, they're at roughly two feet, and so the roadway surface could be cooler. So once the temperatures get to 34, 35 on your, on your car temperature sensor, you better worry, because the temperatures could be cold, colder at the surface. Now, there are, you can get icing from some other causes. Fog is not the only one. I think it's the most important cause of dangerous icing. Uh, for instance, if you had a situation where we had recent snow, the snow has been plowed to the side of the road. During the day, it warms up, the snow melts over the, uh, the water melts over the roadway, and then at night it cools down. That is another failure mode that has occurred several times. Not as frequently as the fog, but that can happen as well. So anyway, I just want people to keep in mind that roadway icing, and we often call this black ice, it's not really black, but it, you can see through the, to the asphalt, so it looks black. Roadway icing, or black ice, is the biggest threat that we have here to, to people driving on the roadways during the wintertime. And you should be very, very careful whenever you see fog around and the air temperatures at two meters, at six feet, get to 35 or 36 or below. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Feel free to send me your questions or any topics you would like me to cover. This podcast will be available every Friday morning on my blog and major podcast platforms. If you would like to support this podcast, feel free to use the Patreon link on my blog. See you next time.